0: amen yeah would you pray with me Lord thank you so much that we have an opportunity to come together this morning to worship you the one who was on the cross in the grave and back up again we're so thankful that we uh, that we can celebrate you and who you are and what you have done in our lives and so this morning Lord may you just receive the honor and the glory as we do just that in Jesus name amen amen you can have a seat Uh, This morning, we're going to do kind of an exercise program where uh, you get to sit down and stand up a few times as we're going along and uh, looking at different things. Psalm 18 begins this way, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, My stronghold, man, he went on, didn't he just kind of given a whole lot of great adjectives to who God is. And then he says this, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved for my enemies. I'm saved. I've called on him. He is worthy to be praised and he is. So today we get a chance to celebrate uh, the series that we have been doing on prayer, the prayer adventure and uh, 40 plus days and we are into the plus days today, you know, uh, right? Two, two over, yeah, just finished it up and, uh, and so it's, it's kind of an exciting place to be and God has been moving throughout this and so we have said let's, on this week, the final weekend celebrating the prayer adventure, we said let's just ask people to share what God has been doing in their lives, uh, examples of His moving, and uh, and we had talked about, if you recall, way back when when we first started this, why would we bother praying? And we stated that the reason we want to pray is it's how we communicate with God. It's the the primary way in which we communicate with God, and that the truth is prayer will actually get us to know God better. And uh, man, we have I've just heard lots of examples of that throughout the last weeks and testimonies of people who have said, this is what I've learned, or this is what God showed me. Interestingly enough, this is what God showed me about myself that I did not know. Isn't that great? He can do that. And if you haven't given Him the opportunity, I hope you would. Um, to just do that, to be able to speak to you and talk to you even about yourself and the circumstances that you're in. We talked about how to pray, and uh, we said you can pray scripture, you can use the Lord's Prayer as a model, you can use the acronym ACTS as an adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication as a model to pray, but just to pray, just to begin and just to, to do it. And then we talked even about the things that get in the way, what, what happens when God's silence, what kind of things get in the way. And one of the things I really want to encourage you is this, I was talking to somebody this past week who said, you know, I keep thinking about what is keeping me from hearing God. And I feel like, you know, maybe I'm not doing enough stuff right. And then that God's mad at me for that and and so forth and so on. And 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 I just said, you know, I want to really encourage you with something. Our heavenly father is not your earthly father. He's not like your earthly father. And I don't care how good your earthly father was. Uh, I thought I was a pretty good father until my children came to me and told me how, you know, you know, dad, we, gave, we asked forgiveness for you. And uh, yeah, seriously. And I went, what for? I mean, you know, I mean, well, because you're a human being, you know, and the truth is no matter how bad you want to do everything right, we don't. That's not God. And so once we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, he says, you are, you're my child at that point. You're my child. My silence at that point, my wanting you to get other things resolved to come to me, that's all just about communication, about keeping it open between you and I. It's not about whether or not I love you or have accepted you. That's done. I've loved you, and that's why I died for you because I love you that much. So I just want to encourage you not to see that as uh, hurdles you've got to leap or, or how high you have to jump in order to be able to have God speak to you because He's interested in speaking to you in any circumstance. His desire is to have that open line of communication. So so this morning we get to just share uh, some of these great things that that God's done and, and um, maybe... God's going to put something on your heart that you want to share. I'm going to stand up here next to you if you, that is you and you wind up sharing just to make sure that, um, you know, uh, we get out by noon. And uh, just saying, you know, it's very interesting what happens when people get in front of people who aren't used to it, right? I mean, I mean, some people it's just like they don't know what to say so it's very quick and done and others never knew they had so much to say. And uh, someone needs to encourage them that they're done. So that's what I get to do this morning. I will encourage you that you're done if you go too long, all right? But we're going to start this morning uh, we, with a couple of testimonies. We're going to have another song where you can stand up again and sit down again. And then we'll have some other testimonies. I'm not sure what all those will be, all right? We'll just see how God handles stuff. But I've asked Karen King if she'd come up and start us off with a, a testimony this morning. So you guys put your hands together for Karen, would you? And uh, get, oh, you want this here? Okay. And, I, and I'll give you this here. How do you, how do you see through lines? You don't. <laughs> you don't. You oh, you just, okay. Yeah. There Good you do. go.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Listen, I did tell Cliff I needed him to take a shepherd's hook and pull me off, because I'm the one of the ones that will never quit talking, um, and it's because God has done so for, so much for me, and it's because I love Him dearly because He saved my life many times, and I have. I'm going to ask you to bear with me. I'm going to go backwards in time. And then I'm going to end with an answer that he gave me during this prayer time of uh, the last 40 days. So I'm going to start really quick. And this is mine right here. And I keep it in my car because it reminds me of his faithfulness. As you can tell when I'm dancing in the aisles, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> um, I, I started battling cancer in 2006 and I started with non hodgkins lymphoma, slow-going, growing B cell. And it was a shock, but I knew the Lord and I went into it knowing that he would be by my side. Well, he was by my side, but it wasn't easy. And um, I was in and out of remission for, I got four or five times during that time period. And every time I got out of remission, I'd get a little strong, and then I'd go right back into battling cancer. And it got to the point in 2008, and this is one of my one answered prayers, that I I said to the Lord, I said, how am I going to do this again? And this was 2008, right? It's only been two years. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do this again. And I was reading in Exodus when um, Moses went to the Lord and said, I can't bring these people to the promised land unless you go with me. So I took that and I, took that and I said, God, I can't do this battle with cancer unless you go with me. And um, I, Moses was saying, do you know my name? And I said, do you know my name? do you even know what I'm going through? And I cried. I mean, I get to the point where I tell the Lord how I'm feeling, right? So I cried really hard and um, I got up, went about my day, and later that night I was cleaning a bag of um, Goodwill clothes and I picked out a shirt and it said on the back of it, I know your name. Okay, okay, I have that shirt to this day. And so he answered me. I mean, that's how he does. He answers us when we, when we ask. Uh, the other thing on this battle of cancer, I had to have a stem cell transplant. The first one failed, damaged my heart. And not, not knowing whether my heart would heal, I had to just go on, right? I just had to believe. So two years down the road, my heart heals. cancer's full-blown back. So I went back in for another stem cell transplant. And um, dang it, it was hard. My body was depleted, lesions in my mouth, you know, on and on and on. But God was faithful. I healed from that. And um, stem cell transplant worked after six weeks in the hospital. Moving forward, I had five really good years, build up my stanoma, though it wasn't quite normal yet. And lo and behold, 2018, my second c- battle with cancer. It was T cell lymphoma this time, and T cell lymphoma has nothing to do with B cell. They're expecting B cell to come back, and T cell is one percent of all lymphomas. Very rare. Took them th- three months to diagnosis. In the meantime, I'm sicker than a dog. No, no treatment. And so I go in to get treatment, and the cancer is running over the treatment. And so my oncologist says, "Karen, the only thing we can do is." give you a mainline, I call it a mainline chemo, but a hardline chemo. And I don't know if your body can take it because you've had chemo since '06. That's all we could do. So I did the chemo and sure enough within the fourth protocol, the fourth time um, my body went into septus and I was laying in bed and freezing cold. And I, I, I told my daughter-in-law I didn't feel well, well, she's a nurse. And she goes, you're going to ER. And I go, I am not going to ER. Not one more time. Well, she won. And I ended up um, almost dying. And uh, like the doctor said, within an hour of death. And so I was in the hospital again. And I prayed, as I always prayed. But God answered me. And I, as you can tell, I lived. But what almost killed me took away the T-cell. I've been in, now I'm going to go to today. So I've been in remission for two years. I've been in a protocol for two years to keep me in remission, because T-cell is pretty relentless. So about six weeks ago, my oncologist says, Karen, your blood work is good. I think we could take you off of this maintenance chemo. And I said, he goes, you have to be ready, though. And I said, oh. Okay. Well, I got to pray about that. And he said, okay. And so I prayed about it. I took it to the prayer team and I said, I don't know. I mean, I've been in and out of remission and my blood work is good. Please pray over this for me. So the prayer team anointed me with oil, prayed for me, and I continued to pray. I didn't, I said, Lord, I don't know the answer. Do I go off? Do I stay on? I mean, I'm tired all the time. And the Lord answered me. And His answers don't always come the way we think it should. (laughs) He's laughing because he knows. So I ended up having chemo on a Tuesday, and I ended up not being able to breathe about seven hours later. Again, my little Shalia rushed me to the hospital in ER, and they didn't know what the cause was, but um, my vocal cords were almost closed and so they you know, gave me meds and they didn't understand it. They sent me home, chemo the next Tuesday, and this time the reaction was even worse two hours later and back to ER. and This time I went into ICU because my vocal cords again was extremely closed. I mean, I, I could hardly breathe and I said, Lord, what are you doing? I, I, I don't understand, but let me tell you, this is what he did. He answered my prayer. Okay, was it the way I wanted? I remember Allison said, well, he could have given you a spa day and chocolates. You know, right, Allison? Where are you? Um, But he didn't. And I'm grateful for that, because there is no doubt in my mind that I'm not going back to chemo. You guys, that was three weeks ago. I've been out of chemo for three weeks. And I've never had more energy. But I, this is what I want to say. When we stand over there, I, I, Chris, Cliff, all of the prayer team have faith for you. I have faith when you come up and ask for prayer. Because you know what? He's been faithful to me. So Cliff, you didn't have to pull me off.
0: Amazing. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Karen. Uh, some people we have to uh, chase down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some people, you know, that have a, uh, so during this prayer time, uh, we did a thing that you were all invited to on Wednesdays over lunch hour, uh, where we just were going back over what we talked about um, throughout the week and praying that, and the, the team there, we were praying over someone, and uh, and there was a testimony that I really wanted live, but I got resistance. so you're going to watch it on video right now.
2: My dad and I <clears throat> have had a, just an oddity between us for a long time, and uh, he's a kind of an old-school guy, and uh, kind of thinks the way the things that sh- the way that things should be, as far as he sees them, and and uh, we have been at odds for a for a good amount of time, and not getting along, and not having a relationship, a good father-son relationship, or even a friendship relationship. Um, and I've tried to do my part of that to, to honor him as my father, and tried to make that a uh, try to try to make that into something um, positive. So when my dad called me to go visit him, he lives down in Yuma, Arizona, and I have visited down and I've visited my dad in his place in Yuma, and uh, he's originally from here, but just packed up and went there. And as far as that went, uh, my last visit was not good. It was very contentious, um, ended up being cut several days short because of all of the animosity that uh, that was clearly present when I was there. So my dad recently had surgery and he had his knee replaced and he called me on the phone and asked me, more kind of told me that he needed some help and I was still kind of tied up doing some you know, some work-related stuff up here, so I didn't get to get down there in the timeline of which he wanted me to get down there. But I did, I did get down there. and uh, So yeah, I went down and spent a week with him, and it was the best visit I've ever had with my dad, and uh, it was a very positive experience. It was very strange, and my dad is getting older now, so I, he's in his mid-80s and he's physically, he's not doing well, but psychologically, he's still all there. I mean, he's, he's still there and he's a very intelligent man, but I think that he has very low tolerance and low patience for other people and that all comes into play as well. And so, in the course of going down and hanging out with him, it was, it was nothing that I could believe was happening because I was very apprehensive about going down there and just getting into another contentious situation. Uh, the whole relationship with my father and my dad in general has been uh, kind of a center point of a prayer piece for a number of years, just because my dad doesn't have—he uh, doesn't have a solid faith base and. Try, when you try to interact with someone who you know doesn't believe or agree with or whatever, um, the the way that you're trying to ground yourself, you know, especially with Christianity, um, that, that in and of itself can be a contentious point. And so I've had people pray for my dad in the past, and I've been praying for my dad for years and years and years um, that, you know, whatever God's gonna do, you know, God's still God's going to be the one who's going to do it. And all I can do is just try to, you know, try to provide some kind of light on that path. So um, I know that people here at Arbor, we talked about a little bit when I got the first phone call about going down there. And I was pretty concerned about that. Just, you know, apprehensive, very um, just just because I know of how things have gone in the past. And then um, I found out after I was already in Arizona that. Some friends of mine that were are in Cliff's Wednesday group, uh, they had made that a prayer request several weeks before I even went down there about you know the success of the trip or about you know about it just going smoothly. And I think that all of those things all kind of played into the fact that it really was a great visit. I want to continue on this path that we're on, and I've already made plans to go back down there again. And he and I talked about that, and I just told him I said, "This uh, this last trip, this last visit that we had was nothing like any time that he and I've spent together previously." But as I said, like he's getting a little bit older, and he made some references to you know his mortality, which I found kind of shocking, from a way that he could do it so just he was just so straight ahead with the whole thing. And it didn't bother him to talk about that at all. When I know in my mind that like my thought process is, is that he has not, he might be in a, a reconciliation process with me, but he, he's not in a reconciliation process with God. And so I'm very hopeful that somewhere along the line that he is gonna be, you know, that that God is really gonna walk him down a path here. and that's that's really what i'm going for i just you know in the end i want to know where my dad's going i think there's strength in numbers and i think that that is something specifically referenced in the bible you know uh where two or more are gathered um just along that same thought process and to know kind of after the fact that there were people here in a in a prayer group that were praying about my visit which i you know i mean i I shared that with some people here, you know, worship folks and this and that. But I didn't, you know, I didn't want to turn that into a big production. But then to find out that there's other people that were praying about that as well, I, I really do think that that shows. I mean, it's a, it's a clear example, actually, about how the power of prayer really works. So, and I, I do think that, you know, that we're all here to support each other and that we're here to bear one another's burdens so to speak but um, I couldn't have asked for a better outcome and not knowing what was going on behind the scenes and then you know getting a message that said hey you know this was a focal point of a of a, a small group just, that's pretty amazing
0: yeah all right you can sit down uh, you know, when we started this journey, um, and we laid out the things that we we're going to be talking about every week, and I just felt like, you know what, Lord, it'd be really cool on this last week just to be able to do testimonies and worship you for who you are and how you've responded. And uh, a matter of fact, I want that so bad, and I believe that you're actually going to not just be able to, but that you're going to do that. So I'm absolutely planning nothing to preach. Expecting that you're going to do it through your people who you've you will touch over that time frame And I'll admit the first couple of weeks. I went I was thinking maybe I ought to have a little bit of reserve (laughs) But the truth is we could be here a long time and we won't we won't be because we but we want to just keep We want to really give him glory and thanks for it So uh, we're gonna have it here a couple more testimonies Don I'm gonna ask you to come on up here right now and uh and then if God's putting something on your heart, I'm hoping we'll have a little bit of time for you to be able to share too, if, uh, if that's the case. Come on up here, stand right up in here. There. there you go, I'll go down here, that's better. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, Cliff came to me this morning and I was not prepared to say anything. So I was one of the members of the lunchtime prayer group um, that Cliff's been doing and it's been so great. Um, my oldest daughter, at her young age of 26, got married a couple of weeks ago. But leading up to the marriage, the wedding vows and all that stuff, there was a lot of anxiety. Anxiety that she'd lost all but one of her grandparents and she had to have this wonderful celebration without them. Um, anxiety um, in regards to her father, which I'm not with. Um, had a, there was a lot of damage over a couple of years ago and so it was, there was a ton of anxiety and I just found myself weeping constantly as it got closer and closer and closer to the wedding. And I was like, so I brought it up at our prayer group and everybody prayed over it, anointed me with oil and was you know awesome. And then like three or four days later, I was like, wow, I have not cried. I've not been upset. This really worked. Going into the whole um, event was great. Everything went smooth and it was a good night so you know i will definitely say group prayer i'm totally believable
0: (laughs) thank you nancy you want to share with us this was one of the first things that that uh, happened was nancy came back a couple of weeks into it and, and started to share with us and it was just it was terrific that uh that just to hear some responses about what god did there so yeah, you should, you should uh, I state. Really, I really look spiritual. You look very <laughs> spiritual, yeah. Yeah, here, hold on here. Let me, you know, the thicker, the better. That's what they usually say. I don't know who they is, but. <laughs> <Alrighty>. <laughs> and uh, state your name for the record.
4: Nancy, <laughs> Nancy Yomboski.
3: <laughs>
4: oh boy, where do I start? Where do I start? Um, boy. This has been a life-changer for me. Darn Holy Spirit, I said I didn't want to cry. <laughs> you know, um, this morning, you know, something happened. I asked God, why did it take so long? I've asked for many years for, for healing and prayer. And, and why did it take so long? 69 years, and he's like, Yes, you asked for healing, but it was under your terms, mm. and under your circumstances. And I went, "Oh, oh that pruning hurt!" Ouch! <laughs> 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 that really, that really hurt. And and he's right. I mean, before I started this study, I was in a very deep depression. Um, I wouldn't. I would. First of all, I came from a very dysfunctional home, alcoholism, sexual abuse, physical abuse—not physical. My mom and dad were physical but emotional, you know. And I remember going to a seminar once, because I've always sought God. Um, that was a Christian base, and I, a memory came up healing the little girl that I was, the seminar that I went to. And a memory came up that this little girl, I think one and a half, maybe two, was standing in a crib, and my mom and dad were fighting so bad. And, and I remember saying, God, where were you? And he said, I was right there in the crib with you little girl, mm-hmm. and he's been with me all the way. He was hurting with that little girl, and he's um, hes amazing God, he's just an amazing God. Um, let's see here. <laughs> so I was in a deep depression, and I could not get up before nine o'clock, You know, my husband doesn't know what to do. He just supports me and loves me. And um, I wanted to come to this study. And I'm like, God, if you want me to come to this study, then you have to get me up. You have to get me up because I can't do it. I just can't. the next morning I woke up at 6.30 (laughs) a.m. With no, I mean, I would get up at nine exhausted and just feel, you know, some of you probably have gone through depression. It's very tough. But I felt alive, and I came and started the group. And the perch or the group I started with, they said, well, "Why don't you ask for him to wake up at seven? Six thirty is a little early." <laughs> but <laughs> from then on, pretty much, I've been able to really get up with no problem. Um, oh, it, it sure was. Um, I've been a Christian a long time. Um, God has always been there through my disappointment, my hurts. I mean, I'm a messed up girl, but so are you. (laughs) I'm a sinner with hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and God's, uh, my onion started out that he started peeling this big, and he's been peeling layers and layers and layers. Um, Okay, I already said that, all right, I already said that. (laughs) I was on day three and of, this, of this prayer adventure, and I read Such a Time as This. And I thought, oh, I've got to go back and highlight that. So I went back to day three, and I'm like, it's nowhere. Okay, maybe it was day two. I read three again. No, nope, it wasn't there. Went back to day two. Nope. Introduction. I like three times. So I went in and, and I asked Cliff, I said, I don't understand. I can't find it as such a time as this. And that's when Cliff said, that was the Holy Spirit speaking to you, that this is your time, such a time as this. Because it's not in this book, but it is in the Bible. (laughs) It's in Esther 414 or something like that, but it's in the Bible. And that just, I went, wow, there's such a time as this. 69 years old isn't too old. So that was, um, yeah, it just, that was just amazing, and um, so I let them know, and it's just, it's just been amazing what God is doing, what God is doing, and I mean, Allison doesn't know how much she's had an impact, Darcy, Chris, Karen, I mean, I wanted to run, and they've just embraced me and loved me and prayed with me and Cliff and anointed me with oil. And God's doing a, a new thing. He just, he is. And um, you know, this morning, um, what did I read this? Oh, oh, no, I already told you that. Never mind. <laughs> um, I was reading the devotion, and it said, let the morning bring me your word, unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For you I lift up my soul. Psalm 143 8. So God's still working on me. I'm a messed up young lady. Oh, no, old lady. <laughs> but He's still working. And good. God loves us so much, so much that even when I say, No, I'm not going to have anything to do, I'm going to read my secular books and da 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 da, He's, he's on that cliff saying, I'm waiting here, honey, for you. Come back, my little sheep. So.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Thank you.
4: That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing to stick to. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I just want to uh, mention for those of you who might be wondering, it it um, Number one, I've had no idea what people were going to say, except in some cases a vague one, just so you know that. I didn't know that oil would come up so much, uh, but it seems like it has. So I just want you to know we took stock in pens oil before this... Um uh, no just so that you know that the the idea of anointing someone with oil just comes from the scripture and it gives us the the freedom to do that and it's kind of a picture of the holy spirit and his he's the oil or then we're just asking him to be involved and, and to be engaged in that so it's no it's no uh, magic potion it's just what he's it's just being obedient to what he's asked us to do so we got just a couple of minutes if somebody else wants to give a testimony before we go into a time of communion and and singing does anybody else want to? Yes, yeah. Lisa, come on up. Yeah.
4: Thanks, Cliff. So the prayer group um, on so Wednesday voice is awesome. I invite each of you to come a couple times. To check us out. It's wonderful. So as a mother, your heart breaks when your son or your child is really depressed or really low or absolutely hopeless about life, not ready to commit suicide, but incredibly low. So I brought that to the team, because my patrol officer's son in Chicago, was so incredibly low. You probably understand that. But your heart just breaks because you can't help him get up. So he would call me and talk about that. We'd pray, and that give him scripture and encouragement. <clears throat> and he started coming back, and he came back full of joy. And I said, what was it? He said, it was the word. I got into it more, and it was just adjusting my heart. He's moving soon into a larger home. He's going to offer. Patrol officers and group study on the Bible. I'm so thrilled.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I think
5: I might go a little longer with this one. Uh, This is as a as a man in this current culture. It's not easy to talk about our emotions and. I think that limits us a lot in the church to get up here and give our testimony, to talk about all the things we've gone through, to talk about being and feeling broken, and I just want to talk to you guys about how God has not just—I, you know—we talk about our saving our lives, but He saved my eternal soul, and I want to tell you guys about growing up. uh, My parents were divorced, and they got divorced when I was very young, and for a long time, I felt that that was. Uh, my mom leaving was her rejecting me, and it led to a life where I pushed a lot of people away. I held them at arm's bay, and um, I, I didn't have—I I had a good childhood. I didn't have a great one. I didn't know love and talking about my emotions. Uh, I grew up in a fantastic culture of uh, in the Marine Corps, where your emotions aren't uh, something you openly talk about a lot uh so i kind of continued to compound that uh ability of mine to stuff things down the things that i've dealt with uh, I, in 2004 i had the privilege to serve my country overseas to deploy with just a fantastic group and uh unfortunately in, in may of 2004 uh we were hit by an ambush and an you know, a good friend of mine was was killed and uh, a long time I I didn't deal with that right it led to just putting a lot of hate in my heart and to closing myself off Uh, I came home and I was incredibly destructive I wanted to destroy everything around me Uh, it didn't matter what it was but I just wanted everybody and everything to feel the pain that I had uh, I was blessed in 2005. I'm, I met my wife, and 2006 we got married. Uh, thank you to MySpace. Um, <laughs> it was an early dating app kind of thing, uh, and this started me on my path towards finding God and finding my my you know finding myself again. Uh, I started off with such a passion for the church and for God, and I know a lot of us go through this. We go through these seasons where you have this fire, and we've done this 40 days of prayer, and I think a lot of us have that fire and that passion. we got to hold on to it. Uh, we moved up here, and I, I lost that. I lost that fire and passion. I wasn't, in, I wasn't walking the path anymore that God had laid before me. I was trying to parallel it, and I was trying to grip that steering wheel and control everything. Uh, I became a police officer in 2010, uh, 2011, and unfortunately, I had a bad early time in my career. Uh, being in being law enforcement, being a first responder is not easy, we deal with a lot of things. Uh, I worked a terrible schedule where um, I wasn't there as a father. In 2012, my son was born and my daughter, whose birthday is today, uh, I was an absentee father I didn't know how to be a dad. My dad tried the best for me, but um, I think a lot of his life and a lot of his passion was gone when my mom left and he grew up not knowing how to be a dad. And that's something I think all fathers go through. There's not a guidebook on how to do this, but there is one on how to love and it's in the Bible and it's in scripture. And we have a heavenly father who just loves the heck out of us even, no matter what we do. Uh, I just struggled with this for a long time. I, I didn't know who I was. And I couldn't be a father, I couldn't be a husband, and it put a strain on a lot of my relationships. Um, And I became convinced that the only way to get better was to have a different job. And to everybody who prayed for a long time for me to transfer jobs, I wanna thank you because it put me on the path towards salvation. In 2019, I got the chance to go be a firefighter. Um, And I started the academy, and all of that trauma from overseas kicked in uh, while i was at the fire academy i started going into flashbacks um, and this ended up with me in the hospital uh, my body completely crashed i went into flashbacks because of post-traumatic stress and i had never experienced it before but god had put me on this path towards healing myself and making myself right with god <laughs> uh, this ended with me uh, spending a few days in the psych ward I wasn't suicidal, I didn't want to hurt anybody, but I didn't have control over my emotions. And there's a specific point where, when I was handing over my shoelaces and the drawstring to my sweatpants, that I gave it all to God. I I didn't know anymore, man. I was, uh, I mean, a a month before I'd been a police officer, two weeks before I'd started what I thought was my dream job and where I would retire from, and now I'm in the psych ward and, uh, man, I just prayed. I said, God, I thought I knew what I was on. but... I give it to you. I uh, I had the chance in October of 2019 to attend a program called Mighty Oaks. It's for veterans and first responders. It is a faith-based program. And October 18th, 2019, I was baptized. And I have just lived every day with just a passion for God. And ever since then, every day has been better. And a lot of people are like, man, there's no way. It, it truly is, every day with Christ is better than any day without. I, my relationship with my wife, thank you for just your love and compassion. And when I tried to keep you at arms bay for loving me even more, thank you to my kids just for, man, kids are awesome, even when they're not. <laughs> and I wanna thank Cami. Todd's not here right now, um, but thank you to the Axtols, thank you, John and Allison, Thank you to Arbor for you guys' prayers. When praying for me to go to the fire department, put me on this path towards salvation. And a lot of people, when I talk to my story, they're like, man, I'm sorry that didn't work out. Like, no, man, it worked out for the best. Because I fixed, well, I didn't fix. God fixed my post-traumatic stress. God fixed my heart. He healed my heart. And He put me on this path. Uh, you know, when I first got into the church, I wanted to be a youth pastor. That was my initial zeal maybe a youth director. And I just, yes, this last weekend, I I applied to go to Liberty University to get back and get my education going again. Uh, Hopefully to be a pastor someday, as that's a chaplain or wherever that takes me, whatever God wants, I just give it to him. And it is fantastic. And Arbor, I know it's been a tough year. I know we've been through a lot, but just give it up to God. There is nothing he can't do. There is no pain he can't take away. Empty out that rucksack. Whatever you're holding, whatever things that you're dealing with in life, give it to God, and He will heal you, and He will keep us safe, and He will protect us.
0: He's on His way, isn't He? Just stick around one second. Just stay right here. Boy's starting to preach already. Yeah. That's what the Holy Spirit does, huh? Lord, right now, we're just so thankful for the way that You work, for testimonies about this and uh, lord we're praying over pete right now i am just asking you holy spirit to continue to lead direct and guide him i pray for the future that you have in front of him that you know so well we don't but you do and lord i pray that you would uh prepare him in his heart his mind his spirit to be everything that you've called him to be and lord we are asking for great fruit from the ministry that you will call him to and a freedom in him to just walk with you however you lead and wherever you direct. And thanks that we can ask for these things together right now uh, in agreement as your children, in Jesus' powerful name, amen, amen. Let's keep worshiping him.
5: And, and for those who are wondering, 2019 I went back to the police department and Cami, Todd, thank you guys so much and just for the love you've shown our family. For my everybody in law enforcement, it's not easy, but it's the best our job in the world and we get to do so much. And Man, we we can always use your guys' prayers, but there's nothing better.